Hey everybody, today I'm celebrating this episode, the 100th episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast, and I am also celebrating you, my listeners, because if it was not for you listening, there'd be no reason to do the podcast, there'd be no reason to have these fabulous guests. I mean, I could talk into the void, but like, what the heck? So thank you for listening and telling your friends and leaving comments. I appreciate every one of you. My guest this week is Vedic astrologer Prema Guerreri. She's also a life and business coach with, she uses her intuition as well as this Vedic astrology system to help people time things, to know what's coming from a planetary energy perspective. I find it all very fascinating and her work has helped me on numerous occasions navigate things, postpone something when the timing wouldn't have been best, when I have not listened, I have run into walls. (laughs) and things. So yeah, the stuff, it's got chops. So I hope you'll enjoy it. If you do, tell your friends as usual. Let me know if there's somebody you want me to interview. Drop an email, gregory at rebelliouswellnessover50.com. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, not only to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50, but the 100th episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. And I have to say, I'm going to pat myself on the back because I never thought I'd get to 100 on certain days, but I'm so glad I stuck with it because I hear from lots of people that it's helping and we're getting the word out about some alternative ways of thinking about aging. And I couldn't have a better guest to be with me today than Prema Guerreri, who is been a mentor, a friend, somebody I've collaborated with. And I don't think I've ever had her on this pod. As a matter of fact, I know I haven't had her on this podcast. I've had her on my Divine Wild Ride podcast. And I think it's important for people to know about Vedic astrology. So Prema, welcome. Thank you. It's awesome to be here with you and on your 100th episode. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to start off by telling people how Vedic astrology is different for the people that don't know. And the reason that I've had a psychic or two I've had people that do the spiritual side of life because a part of healthy aging is to delve inside and to use all the energy that's around us. And one of those energies is planetary energy. So take it away, Prema. Yeah, so I really believe that everything is energy first. So understanding the energy helps us to understand ourselves and understand our lives. When we're in better understanding, then we can make better choices, be in a better alignment with those choices. And healthy aging, of course, the things we're putting into our body, the ways we're taking care of ourselves, and all those things. But when we can understand ourselves better in our own cycles and our energy and understand who we are uniquely, we're all wired up a little bit differently. We can honor that and really pay attention to what intuitively feels right, like what our bodies, what our hearts, what our minds responds well to and what it doesn't and trust that. Vedic astrology is the astrology of India and it's been around for 6,000 years or more. It comes from some of the oldest spiritual texts, the Vedas, and it has been alive and well-practiced throughout this time. It's wonderful that it has come to the West. So 
We're looking at the same sky as we are in Western astrology. And Western astrology has its roots in the Greco system. But the big thing here is that we're looking at the sidereal zodiac as opposed to Western looks at the tropical zodiac. Same stars, same sky, same constellations, but it's like having a little bit different viewpoint, so to speak, meaning that we've divided the sky up, like we all have Aries, we all have, you know, Capricorn, but the degrees of the sky that, that are at are just slightly different. Vedic astrology, we call the sidereal zodiac, the true placement of the planets, because if you look at it through a telescope right now, Jupiter happens to be in Aries, Saturn happens to be in Aquarius, like on an astronomical level, that's where they are. And that's the placements that we are looking at. All systems have value. Whether you're doing numerology, astrology, or human design, there's something to be gained from all of it. I like this system. To me, it's very accurate. It's also very deep. There's many, many, many layers to look at things from. So if you could imagine there's like a mansion and in the foyer, you've got something and you could walk to many rooms in the house and look at it from many different angles. And you can say, oh yeah, looks like that from here and looks like that from here too. So we're not just looking from, from one angle. It's a deep spiritual study as well. I use Vedic astrology to help myself and to help others understand themselves better. I'm a very humanistic astrologer. I am not about prediction because I believe prediction robs people of choice. And that is not to say that getting a psychic reading or anything else, I'm an intuitive, I'm a psychic as well. It takes an intuitive ability to read this and interpret it. But we only can look at one particular timeline in in when we're looking at the future. There's many choices, many timelines, right? So just like you're going to go out to dinner and think you're going to Mexican, but you get there and you decide, well, I really want to go to the Greek place next door. I want to go across the street, you know, to the bistro. You know, you think you're going somewhere, but you can make a different choice at any time based on the information that you have. So I like to help people understand themselves and to understand what I like to call the celestial weather. What is the energy at play now? How is it potentially going to affect you? And what are the, um, based on what it is you want to create for yourself or the challenges you're going through, uh, how can you make better choices to actually get to where you want to go or let go of what you need to? And also helping people to understand their challenges, their soul challenges. And some of them we're going to deal with for a lifetime. And some of them are, you know, we've lost a job, we need to move, circumstantial. And when's the best time to actually make those choices? Because if we're going to go to the beach on a very stormy day, we probably don't want to wear our bikini. We might want to wear our slicker and, and our boots. So if we know how to suit up for the situation, then we're going to be able to deal with it much better than not. The thing I don't use astrology for is to blame the planets for things. Well, it's Mercury retrograde. Everything is good for something. What it's good for, then you can move with the energy because in truth, if we always are pointing at outer circumstances, then we're not, we've lost our power. We're giving our power away. We actually do, we are, I would like to use it to help people empower themselves, even though we may have very challenging times. And we want to know that they're coming up. So now what are the choices you can make to, to move through that challenge? I love that you brought that last point up about what are the choices we can make depending on what is happening energetically around us, what's coming. And the fact that Mercury, Mercury retrograde is not a bad thing. It's just a thing, right? It comes with challenges, but it also comes with 
gifts, as I've learned from you. And I want the listeners to to put this into their head in case they happen to have a business, entrepreneurs or otherwise. Uh, this comes in really handy when you said, when do you want to do this? It comes in really handy when you're planning your business out for a quarter or a year, or even you're planning a launch. I remember wanting to do a summit and you and I were talking about what would be the best time for me to do it because I had a leeway of about a month. And I wanted one date and you said, well... And I went with the date that you said might be easier for me to get all the bits and pieces together. And it worked perfectly. It was seamless. Now, I don't have the, there's no control group here to say whether it would have been different, but it just felt right to go with what you were saying because I have proof in other times in my life where I remember you telling me one time, I think it was around the holidays, so family gathering. And you said, okay, you have to plan on, you have something in your chart about family relationships are going to be prickly. Kind of like walking on glass at times. That's the way your siblings show up in your life. So you're going to have to think of what you can do to de-escalate. Always be prepared. And I swear those little moments started to rise up. And I said, no, not going there. Detach. My husband and I actually created a safe word (laughs) if we were both feeling stressed about it. But those are the kind of little things that just get you through the moment that I've gotten because of your work with Medic Astrology. Well, thank you. And one of the things that is important about that, and I I love that you brought this up, is I like people to understand the timing of things because Mm -hmm. what the the left brain tends to do, the left brain is a serial processor, so it's always looking at the past. And that's useful if we don't want to try to figure out how to open a window every time we go to a window, right? Mm -hmm. So there's things that that's useful for. But when we lay the template of the past onto the future, we just recreate the same life all the time the left brain tends to think like okay well oh well this is a problem oh he's persnickety or what oh that's going to be that's you know see i see it again we keep creating that or we think it's going to be like this forever and then the mind goes into all the fear-based decisions we need to make because of that but when we know just like okay a storm is going to pass a baby is going to be birthed you know we're going to stay in labor forever then then we know that okay this is a time period we can relax and how am I, how am i going to negotiate this time period and that that is incredibly helpful uh, i love the business side of things of course i help a lot of people with their businesses and you know and i do that in an aligned entrepreneur reading and planning launches and are your products and things even aligned is super fun for me for number one but it it is really useful and i have to even deal with my own mind because my my it'll be like well timing wise the calendar wise i should do this now but i look at the energy and i'm going and i always remember my mentor would say all time is not created equal (laughs) and so it's not we can get a lot done in a week's period of time that three weeks we could have drugged through yeah and that is something that is part of who we are at a core level there are going to be times when i'm slogging and you're flying just because we re- react differently to where the energy of the planets is yes. specific to our, our chart. Um, I want to get to the sacred wealth code because that is really your body of work on the level of how you help people is first helping them understand who they are at their core. Explain the sacred wealth code to people. Okay. Well, and I'm going to say one thing before that is that 
also on a health level that, you know, all the planets rule certain parts of the body. And we know that if a certain planet is challenged, we may end up with health issues at that time. So when I see people coming up to those times, I want them to know that, hey, have you checked in, you know, or if there's a lot going on in their sixth house, which is a house of health and disease and well-being and, you know, well, maybe we, we need to bolster you up. I mean, it's good to know these times are coming on because sometimes we'll have those things flare up during that time. And Ayurveda also comes from the Vedas. Uh, Deepak Chopra made Ayurveda very um, popular in the West. It, it means the science of life. And um, Jyotish or Vedic astrology means the science of light. And so in Ayurveda, they do either know a little bit about the planets or they rely on a Vedic astrologer to help to, to look at some of the things that are are happening as well. So it's a super deep, it's a science, it's an art to read it, but we can even look at our health and well-being through it as well. Yeah, and I had forgotten that. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, no, it just, it just kind of popped in. Okay, sacred wealth code. Yeah, so the sacred wealth code is a body of work that really sort of downloaded through me over time. And what it really does is it shows you where your highest value gifts are. We have a lot of divine gifts, but which ones are the ones that are going to bring you the wealth that you want when you use those divine gifts? And wealth, you know, rhymes with health for a reason. It's a very holistic word, actually. And wealth means something very unique and different to each and every one of us. And that's another thing, when you understand what wealth means to you, because you have three different wealth houses in your chart, you can start to relax from some of the programming that we get from the world on what wealth should be or what we should have and all. Money is just our common currency of exchange, but wealth is also relationships and it also, it is things and security and freedom for some people. Like, what is it for you? So first of all, understanding your wealth code helps you to understand what wealth really is for you and helps you to, to own that and embody that. And then understand your divine gifts, your highest value gifts that are connected to your wealth. And it lives at the intersection of purpose and prosperity in your chart. And what I mean by that is there are uh, yogas in Vedic astrology. This is a scientific thing where certain planets connect or intersect or aspect and that means something. And so um, dana yogas are, and raja yogas um have to do with your sacred wealth code. And so where your purpose planets and your prosperity planets are connected or in a certain relationship, that is your wealth code. And what happened over time is I started to see as people, they want to know what purpose is. They want to know how they get money. They want, and, and as I went through my own dark night of the soul, I realized where I was off my wealth code and where I was in the shadow side. So your wealth code also is, gives you your divine gifts. It also gives you your shadow side that you may potentially be stuck in. And if you're stuck in your shadow, that is a place you're being held back from your gifts. When you release your shadow, you can step more fully into your gifts. So it's a very user-friendly way to understand yourself, understand more of your purpose, understand what wealth is for you and your gifts and how you might use your gifts differently or embody ones you didn't really realize were your gifts. You're doing what you're good at instead of really what you're sort of born with a PhD in. Also, then there's a body of archetypes that go along with it. So after explaining this to people 
for quite a long time, the archetypes dropped in. And the beautiful thing about archetypes is that archetype, it's an archetypal language. It's a soul language. So I can say to you, the organizer or the honorable warrior or the communicator. And for everyone listening in, a different story just, just opened up just a whole story based on your internal reference system. So it's highly relatable to you and over time can open up uh, more and more. So that's kind of in a nutshell what the sacred wealth code is. I think that must be what connected us years and years ago. I had looked you up and saw the sacred wealth code and you'd gotten awards for it. And I was fascinated by it. And knowing your highest value gifts is a big difference than I can do this well. It's, I can do this well, and it feels really good and easy for me versus I can do this, I can get through this with this gift or this skill, but it's really not my easiest, most natural gift. For me, when I tap back into those, like sometimes I have to refresh my memory because we all get doing a billion things, uh, especially if I'm writing. Well, I'm a communicator. Well, what does that mean? And where's the shadow of the communicator? Uh, you know, and so it has been really helpful for me to get to have more focus and clarity moving through my relationships, my work. Uh, and it's really fun. The archetypes are great. <laughs> they're just they're cool. What I love about them, too, is I like you to think of them as guides because you develop your own personal relationship with them, you know, and and then you can and I have all kinds of different ways in my products and programs and such where you can tap in and connect with them. And that was even why the Sacred Wealth Code Oracle cards were born. I mean, it all started with this body of work readings and then this body of work that I teach and then writing this book and I even have a journal. So there's lots of different ways to connect. But if you think of them as your guides, uh, you start to develop this relationship with them and they start to speak to you very, very readily. And, and I've created a lot of tools and free tools with all my programs that you can tap in and get to know those parts of yourself. So back to what we're good at and really what our high value gifts are. We're all guided by well-meaning parents and shaped and guided towards certain things. And if you think about when you were a kid or if you have children, there's just natural tendencies that we're just, we have gifts and talents in. And then there's the layer of, can we make money with that? Or, or no, you can't make money with that. Or well-meaning teachers and people that are like, oh no, you're good at that. Let's keep, let's, let's do more of that. And so we, end up with doing things and I can do a lot of things. And I always say, if I'm coming back for another lifetime, I'm going to say, I don't know. I don't know how to do anything because <laughs> too many things. So when we, um, we end up doing things that, and then we wonder why our heart's not really happy or why our heart's not in it anymore, isn't as much or, or never really was because it wasn't, you know, yeah, we're good at it or it's a skill, but it may not be something that, really lights us up and our high value gifts really light us up mm -hmm. and different ones can be more prevalent at different times also depending on the cycle you're running and different things that are activated in your chart mm -hmm. can we give the listeners a teaser i mean you have a zillion videos on youtube about planets and things but they're a moment in time right i'm just saying people could get a flavor of your work from that side from going to YouTube or signing up for the quiz for the Sacred Wealth Code archetype, there's a quiz on your homepage at Solutionary. 
and they can take the quiz and then they can do a chart generator. Is that what it's called? Yeah, they can take the the Sacred Wealth Code archetype quiz. You'll get one of your archetypes. Um, you'll fill out a quiz, and it's it's quite accurate. It's pretty great. You don't have to know anything about your birth data. And the chart calculator is also a free gift I have. And where you do need to know your birth data, but if you put it in, you'll get what your Vedic astrology chart is, and you'll get a nice little guide that goes along with it, kind of a beginner's guide to say, oh, well, this is what my what your first house is, and that, you know, it helps you to understand a little bit of the lay of the land. And they are both on my homepage of my website and the links are probably going to be in the show yeah. notes it's s-o-u-l solutionary.com yeah yeah so i lost my train of thought you were going to a teaser about oh i was going to ask if you could give us a teaser about this moment so this is july this this will be out the week of july 5th let's say and i just want people to experience when they listen to this, whenever they listen to it, the kind of thing that you tell people or help people with if you're working one-on-one with a person, here's what's coming up, here's what you should be aware of, keep an eye out for, or celebrate. Absolutely. So I actually am going to start by looking back. We have some major transits and we all went through a pretty uh, bumpy time in one way or another with the eclipse pattern that happened. We had a total solar eclipse on April 20th, and then we had a lunar eclipse on May 5th or 6th of 2023, depending on where you are in the world. And we always have eclipses every six months or so. They usually come in pairs. Except for 2020, we had like four. And every year and a half, they shift the houses in the chart that they are in. Now, with the eclipses, it's a very highly changeable period of time, which means it tends to be stressful. Things are moving and shaking. This hits you in a particular way, and I always help people understand what that is. And so you probably had some stressors in your life around those times. And there's still, some of it is still playing out, actually, because it shifts our direction in some ways. But we've also had a major conjunction. Jupiter moves once a year. And so it's always good to know where in your chart it is for a year, because it brings a lot of light and it expands things and we call it the guru planet now jupiter has moved into aries in vedic astrology with the eclipse pattern and we have something called a guru chandala yoga and this doesn't happen that often but it's a very creative time and may 26 is when the actual conjunction was but it's going to be in place until the end of november of 2023 And wherever Aries is in your chart, we had a bunch of eclipses. We had this going on. We also had a Mercury retrograde. So there was a lot going on in Aries in everybody's chart. Aries is a very fiery place. It is a place that's very, very changeable. It's pioneering. New things come in. It can be very creative, but it's also very combustible. And it is sort of a martial sign, so so to speak. There's a lot of creativity with this aspect that you're still going to want to lean into for the rest of this year. But the problem with the great magician, Rahu, the north node of the moon, is the magician can also bring in a lot of confusion. So I was telling people at the beginning of the year and up until April, know what your new beginning is because Aries wants us to have a new beginning and Jupiter was going into that placement and so were the eclipses happening. So that when that time comes, you can lean into the creativity of your new beginning and what you're starting and and not get sucked into the confusion. Oh, should I be doing this or maybe I should be doing something else? And so so that you really had a guidepost during that time. So I would just say that this creative energy is still at play. 
And the other thing we have to watch out for is over expansion because these are the two most expansive energies in the zodiac. So it hasn't been, and it still won't be a great time to overexpand. And what I mean by that, well, if I buy one car, let me buy five cars. Okay. I'm exaggerating, but um, investing, you know, you could say, well, I'm doing great. Well, let me do more and more and more. It will not last forever. It will break. It will fall. So it is a time for a bit of restraint where you find yourself, and depending on it's hitting your chart, where you're finding yourself going more and more and more. Well, I could do more. I could take on more. I could explore more. I could go up another 5,000 feet. You know, it's like there's somewhere it's hitting you. So wherever you're feeling that energy, you want to have some restraint and you want to lean into creativity in any way you can. So that's an energy that's been going on and will continue to go on. Been a very confusing time. It's really starting to clear. And Greg and I were just talking about before we started. Okay, starting to feel more clear. And that is very true. Another big energy we have going on that's just starting at the beginning of July is Mars, our great honorable warrior and our great strategist and engineer in the archetype system is been almost for the last nine months in a not very strong placement. Now, Mars is our passion. It's our productivity. It's kind of our, our drive. Mars is kind of a black and white thinker, um, prefers everything to be done yesterday. And those of you who are Scorpio ascendants or Aries ascendants or have moons there in your Vedic astrology chart, you probably haven't felt like your mojo has been at the level that you would like it to be or even your inspiration. Mars affects all of us. Um, it's coming into Leo finally, where it's going to be very strong. And so July, we should all feel a bit more of a surge of that passion and the productivity and that leadership kind of energy. And that will feel good. That will absolutely feel good. And then the other big transit that we have going on this summer is Venus, which is our great connector. Venus is the feminine side. Mars is like the masculine side. This is our, our artist. This is our planet of love and connection and and heart. And so Venus is going to retrograde from July 23rd through September 4th. And most of that time, and even more so, almost till the end of September, in Vedic astrology, it will be in the sign of Cancer. Now, I'll just give you a small dissertation on retrograde planets. That's when the planet is farthest away from the sun it gets, so you can see it the brightest. You can see it the most. If someone's standing right in the light, you can't quite see them. So if the light is shining on them, you can see them. Retrograde planets get a really bad rap. They're not moving backwards necessarily, but they're kind of turning around. They're going out as far as they can. They're kind of turning around and coming back. They get most wonky when they're sort of shifting directions on both sides of it, going retrograde or going direct. Venus only retrogrades every two years. So it's very significant when it does. Most planets retrograde yearly. And so it's very strong during that time. So it is going to be in mostly in the sign of cancer, which is home and family. And it's really the energy and security and the energy of the heart. Uh, it can be an emotional placement, an emotional sign, but it is very much underneath all of that. Cancer is about what are you devoted to? And so with Venus, what is your heart devoted to? What do you really want to connect with? Relationships and love and all that will be... Uh, will be of high importance. And whenever something's retrograding, we're taking a closer look. We're going back over some things. The planet already went there. So say you're going on a trip 
and you know you're going to Hawaii and you're going in September but in August all of a sudden you realize you need to fly out there for a weekend so you fly out there and you come back and you're still going to go in September and now you know so much more about the lay of the land and you're going to repack and do different things and do it differently so it gives you an opportunity to sort of oh redo what you thought okay so home family relationships connection and also your own devotional connection we're going to be taking a closer look at that and getting an opportunity to reevaluate maybe some of the choices we've made around that which may mean you do need to have some conversations that need to be had or rework some relationships or maybe there will be some challenges but you'll have an opportunity to do a bit of a redo there and then as the planet moves back forward going forward back through those placements we can make some new choices based on now what we know mm. i like that and how come mercury gets to go retrograde so often in every one or two years <laughs> yeah. so mercury is actually getting retrograde this summer too and um i was just checking the date out there so mercury is going retrograde during that time as well so it's going to retrograde on august 23rd through September 15th, retrogrades three times a year. Mercury has a, a particular magic. Retrogrades for basically three weeks at a time. And it retrogrades each year. And it's not always a calendar year. This year kind of is in a triplicity of houses that are all the same element. So this year is all firehouses. And all the firehouses, Sagittarius, Aries, and Leo, that's where it's going to retrograde. And Every time it retrogrades in one of those houses, they all represent something specific for each one of us. For instance, Greg, those are all wealth houses for you. Okay. For me, those are all spiritual houses. But collectively, I can say on a general level, um, because we also look at the zodiac as having sort of its natural house system, they're relationship houses. But it is very unique. So every time Mercury goes retrograde this year, Greg, you're taking a closer look at wealth and kind of reevaluating it. And when you know that, you realize why some things are coming back up around how you're acquiring your wealth or your business, depending on which wealth houses that it's in. So there is a gift in the Mercury retrograde. And why does it go retrograde three times a year? It's the closest planet to the sun. It travels very close to the sun. So in because of its orbit and being that close to the sun, it just happens that it gets out to the end of its orbit and then it comes back in a in a shorter period of time. Planets move at different speeds. And Venus is interesting because it's the only planet that, that moves in the opposite direction, spins in the opposite direction, and it has the centripetal force that it draws things to it. And the other plants spin another direction. So there, yeah, there's all kinds of it's just like a woman to go in the opposite direction. It is, right? Yeah, <laughs> counterclockwise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's our it's our job. Do it it's differently. Our job. I want you to explain to listeners the different kinds of readings that you give because you yeah. do have quite a selection from knees to full on. Go ahead. So uh, sacred wealth code readings. There are actually three different sacred wealth code readings. You can get the base level reading. Gosh, what do we call it, Greg? You help me name them. Um, but anyway, it's the starter reading. And the starter reading is where you'll give all the, your information and you will get a, and I'll look at your chart and I'll, um, 
I'll see what your archetypes are based on your chart. And then my assistant will put it all together and you will get a PDF of your particular archetypes with some very unique identifiers that are based on which house they're in. You'll get a training, you'll get a meditation. Uh, the second level of that reading You'll get all of that, but then you'll also have answered a questionnaire as well. And I'll do an audio recording for you for some specific questions you have. And the third level reading is where you'll get what I just mentioned. And then I will record a live session that we will have together for about 45 minutes. And I will dig deep into your sacred wealth code. It's a conversation. There's so much I can look at, but what's most relative to you based on what's going on. And I'll talk about some other transits in your chart and such. And then I have a soul blueprint reading. The soul blueprint reading is that's an hour. We're going to be together. I record sessions if you'd like. It's kind of like a natal reading, so to speak, meaning I'm going to explain to you and help you understand more of who you are. But I am still going to focus it on what's most relevant for you that you want to know about and that I see because there's so much we could look at. And in my programs, I unpack this or with my private clients over a year's period of time with people because it's a lot of information. So I really do hone in on what's most relevant for you and what I see behind the scenes you need to be aware of. I can talk about anything in that reading, basically, you know, if you just want to know, okay, who am I? And then, okay, what's happening now? Or like I did a reading yesterday for somebody who is having an issue with a parents and inheritance and a land issue. And that's what we focused on. And she got a lot of clarity around that. My readings are very transformational. I also did a bit of a clearing for her. I helped her remove a block so that she could use the advice that I was giving her. That's the soul blueprint reading. I pretty much address whatever. And, and I will answer some business questions there. Although I do have an aligned entrepreneur reading, which is a two hour session where I dive deep with you and we go over your launch, your products, whatever it is in your business that you're wanting to get lined up with timing. But also, where are you out of alignment with your business or confused in that way? And, and we bring the sacred wealth code into that as well. Uh, I also have readings that I run periodically, like I, I did eclipse readings recently. Like when the eclipses come about, I usually do eclipse readings around that. So you really understand that. But I'll always address whatever it is that's most relevant to you along with the transits beginning of the year. I do a divinely aligned reading for the year, meaning that I'll go over all the transits for the year for you. And then you'll get a point out about that. I try to cover it from as many bases as I can, but at the same time, just know if you book a reading with me, I'm going to attend to what's most relevant for you at this time. And I'm going to also bring to you what I see that's going on behind the scenes that you need to be aware of so that based on what it is that you really want um, and are trying to accomplish or let go of that you can move forward in that direction. And then I do have healing sessions because I do a lot of healing work and that's where we're going to break through those blocks, those barriers. And then I do full moon healing circles monthly on the full moon. And those are super fun. We do I use a lot of sounding and singing bowls and different things. And that's and I give a bit of an update. The last one we did was all about emotional courage. And so we're going to clear the beliefs and uh, and blocks around that. And it's really just you get to sit back and there's just a lot that happens <laughs> during those. And then you get them and you've got them and you can use them at, at any time. Yeah. One thing I want to say, too, is that is true about the circles or uh, healing that you might do if somebody were to join your the end of the year visioning whether you can make them live or not, the energy, and it always, there's always way more than what the 
marketing tagline is for this particular event. The energy remains within the recording. It does. Yeah. I'm telling you because I you know uh, uh, we're on different coasts. She does it at a certain time. I'm not going to be there. But I never fail to feel the whole resonance of what happened live. Yeah. And I have people who, who come to these regularly because we have a subscription and such. And they'll tell me that they, like someone just emails, oh, so I just did the one from March again. Oh my God, it was exactly, you know, exactly what I needed. And I've had several people who say, oh gosh, my inspiration was to do this every week or to do this daily for a while because they felt like they, they needed that reinforcement there. And so anyway, it's been super fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice addition to your work people. So I want you to leave us with I don't want to say Jim. What would you say to people? So we're all looking to age in good health. Most of my listeners have a spiritual side, religious side, call it what you want. And they may just want to know more about themselves in this way, but are a little bit hesitant. Like, how do we break through that? I believe that when we really embrace living our life from the inside out, that we can more more so embrace who we truly are and start letting go of who other people think we should be. It's important to realize that we're all intuitive. The underpinning of all of my work is really about helping people to trust themselves. You know, you absolutely know when something is resonant for you or not. You can feel it in your body. Everyone has a different response. You can know it in your mind in some ways, but you can you can feel if something's dissonant or resonant within yourself. And there's another huge piece of my work that is all woven into everything, which is learning how to tap into your heart. And when you tap into your heart, uh, your heart knows the way. It's an inside out process. And I find, because I'm not a spring chicken anymore, I just turned 60. I never thought that would happen to me. Like, what? (laughs) Everyone else can age, but I know. (laughs) But, you know, and sure, we could look at the wrinkles in the mirror and all of that. But like my dad has been saying for so many years, who's that old guy staring back at me? I feel the same, you know? (laughs) So um, the more we fall in love with ourselves and the more we embrace like who we really are and really what, what lights us up at this point in life, the less I think we're concerned about um, who we are in comparison to the world. But if we're going to live from the outside in, I think that's a pretty, an arduous place to live from. So the lighter our light is, the more radiant we are, the better we feel. So that's where the self-care comes in. And Greg brings you all kinds of wonderful ways here to help you to take really great care of yourself. But it is an inside-out job. So people, if you've been ignoring the inside and you want to learn a little bit more about yourself and who you are, I cannot recommend Perma anymore heartily because she truly is a gifted coach as well as the astrology stuff. She's just an intuitive, tapped-in creature. And you cannot help but walk away knowing on a deep level that was the right thing to do. And I'm not an affiliate, okay? I'm just saying. Thank you. So people, off to 101, 102, we're just going to keep going. I'm having a blast doing this. And I want people that are listening, if you have somebody that you want me to interview, just Gregory at RebelliousWellnessOver50.com. I'm not afraid to ask anybody if they'll let me interview them. So bring them on. I've tried Carolyn Mace. I'm still waiting. A couple other people. I want this to be about you, uh, the listeners. So don't be shy. 
And Prema, thank you again for your time and all your great wisdom. Appreciate you. Totally a pleasure. Thanks for having me. everybody i have a favor to ask if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you listen to please leave a review on your favorite site for listening to podcasts you can also leave a comment on my website where you'll find the podcast at the podcast tab or under any of the guest podcast episode pages thanks it means a lot to me and i appreciate you be well till next time